Welcome to the 19th episode of the BBCE, the best book club ever. Whether you are an avid reader or just like to relax and have fun, or both, join us each week for some awesome book discussion. The BBCE is a safe place to cultivate authentic friendships, share real lives with you, and conquer all of life's problems. Well, mostly. Always, I am joined by BBC E members Katie, Mandy, and Sarah. This week, we will be discussing The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. And it's going to be spoiler free! Yay! I'll add in like clapping since no one is clapping. Oh. Yay! Or you guys can clap. Yay! <laughs> I also just want to make this very, very clear. We will not have spoilers about the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, but there will be spoilers on like the rest of the Hunger Games series that came out years ago. But first, our random question of the day. And I actually have two. And the first one I think will be real fast. I hope will be really fast. Um, do you like spoilers? I'm Katie. Nobody likes a spoiler. What kind of question is that? <laughs> I hate spoilers, but I am the worst about spoiling things for other people. <laughs> I am absolutely not the person you want to be around if you're worried about a spoiler alert. Nice. <laughs> this is Mandy. And um, do I like spoilers? No. You are full of it. That's so wrong. The what reason why I asked this question is because <laughs> you spoiler spoiler yourself all the time. Spoil what do you mean? spoil yourself all the time. Like like I like remember things. when the new Soren came out. You were like, I'm just gonna watch it on my computer screen. That's a ride. So like waiting. Yes, totally, that's a spoiler though. Totally different. We are talking about books. That's why I no way. Well. If, if, See, look, look now. Look look. Here's the deal. If you spoil a book, if you know things about later in a book, like, I won't read the book. Mm -hmm. Why would I read the book? I mean, I read books to find out what happens. If I already know what's going to happen, all the point goes away, pretty mm -hmm. much, for me. Rides are not that way. You still go on a ride, and you still enjoy it and have just oh as my much goodness. fun. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Man, I totally <laughs> threw you off with that. You did. <laughs> okay this is Sorry. Sarah and honestly it depends for me um like it it just depends like if we're talking I thought we were just talking about like in general like spoil like books or movies or I don't know experiences or Rides. whatever so it yeah oh. it just depends like if it's a movie and there are certain things in the movie I would want to know beforehand um but if it's just like a comedy or something like that, I wouldn't want to know beforehand. I'm complicated. It depends. Okay. <laughs> well, this is Holly, and I absolutely hate spoilers. Like, of okay. any kind. I of hate them. Kind. Like, I avoid them like the plague. I say it all the time. La, 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 la. Okay, second question. If you could choose to live in a district which 
would you choose? Well, yep. could you read um, just like real quick yeah. what the districts are? Yes. And district one is luxury. District two is masonry and defense. District three, technology. District four, fishing. District five, power. Six, transportation. Seven, lumber. Eight, textiles. Nine, grain. Ten, livestock. Eleven, agriculture. 12 coal and 13 graphite mining and nuclear weaponry you get to right. choose unlike the citizens of pan am where would you choose to be <laughs> and i purposefully did not put the capital okay this is katie <laughs> don't sound so excited this is katie i'm so <laughs> excited to choose this uh, my answer is just gonna be so it's gonna be so me like which is oh, annoying. I know what you're going to yes, do. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, um, should we guess for you? Fun. Sure. Where would I choose? I'm going to guess Mandy, 11, agriculture. 11. I would guess 11, too. I yeah. love that. I was going to pick 11 because of agriculture, but I'm not. <gasps> I fooled you all. Whoa. <laughs> agriculture, <laughs> like, as far as what you are, I mean, as far as the industry, I would choose agriculture, obviously. But I'm choosing District 12 because it is Appalachian. Oh, that makes and sense. And I love that culture and I love that heritage and That's all cool. the songs that they sing. No spoilers, but, you know, I yeah. was really into that. So 12 awesome. is cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, Should we real quick guess for Manti? Tell me what to pick. District I don't <laughs> 6. Just tell me what to Transportation, pick. just because Ooh. you like to go. I'm going three. Can I say District three? Yep. Technology. I am so technologically savvy. Yes. I know that is right Wrong. where I belong. <laughs> I really, really appreciate the credit for that, though. Thank you. Oh. A compliment. Okay. <laughs> At least that's how I'm She's going to be it. like, and I pick neither of those. <laughs> yep. No, I'm no. I'm actually, I'm really, really torn here because I, I know I'm between uh, a few of them. Technology and transportation are two of the three that I'm in between, but I'm struggling because I feel like I need to go practical here. I'm going <laughs> with the practical answer. District 13, graphite mining and nuclear weaponry. Oh, my word. Mm. Okay. There's so like. many practical ones on the list. And there's like multiple food ones. Like, no, <laughs> nuclear bombs. The same yeah, one, but they have I, protection. You have to have protection. I am morally against your <laughs> district. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. I didn't write it. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, I Sarah. Let's let's try to see which one. What do you think Sarah will pick? I yeah. actually think she'd do luxury, like District I, One, where you can. I think some... she could do District One. Yeah, yeah. District One, because she's so all about fancy and the pretty yeah. and making she all the. She's so fancy. She's got such yeah. a nice. Le- she already like... knows. <laughs> all right, all right, Sarah, I... reveal your answer. I honestly, I didn't think about that one until just like a minute ago. When I first looked at the list, my immediate response was District 8 textiles. Um, Because that's like clothing and like um, dyeing colors and making patterns and stuff like that. But then I also thought fishing sounded on trend for me because you could just sit. (laughs) 
and fish. It seems very Ooh. relaxing, and I could take a nap, and although I wouldn't want to, oh, like, scale word. things. But luxury does sound nice, too. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with textiles, I think. Cool. That's Agriculture cool. sounds cool, too. Okay, guess me. We're you can't still. be all the districts like um, Mandy. I, I'm, I'm no. going to guess. Um, I think Holly no. Technology for <laughs> sure. I like, was going to oh, pick yeah. District 3 Technology as well. Yeah, it's I three agree. and it's technology. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's a like three. That it's, I do like that it is my Enneagram number, but <laughs> I am picking District Four fishing Power. because oh, wow. I think you're gonna be able to like swim and like oh. catch the fish in the sea and I like that water. Makes sense. Yeah, that's I cool. thought about that for we you. We were all like very off, kind of. But well, thinking this about it. episode is going to be a different format than what we are used to doing. This book was released May 19th, just 16 days ago, and it is currently only June 3rd when we're recording this podcast. So we are going to keep the first episode completely spoiler free. Yay! Um, yay! Because not all of us have even finished the book, and that's okay. It's over a 16-hour book. Um we are going to, however, rate the book and tell you if we would recommend it. And we are going to compare this book to the other books in the Hunger Games series. I can't tell them about the aliens that come and, like, invade and kill her. I can't tell them about that? No. <laughs> or, like... <laughs> nah, nah, nah. The earthquakes and tornadoes and the oh, and the COVID things and, and the COVID. You can't <laughs> tell about any You guys awesome. are getting it confused with our real life. Yeah, oh, yes. crap. That's right. We're <laughs> going to talk about that next week. I promise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the book doesn't talk about how Pan Am was formed. Um, we know that it is like a post-American society and like there used to be in America. Um, but I was just wondering if you guys had any theories about how we went from America to Pan Am. Oh, this is Mandy. This is driving me crazy and i wish she'd just write another book and tell us how it happened a prequel to the prequel <laughs> it, a pre it prequel. drives me crazy to not know that but uh i've sort of thought about this as much as i'll allow myself to because it's just but i think probably some kind of craziness happened and there was a war and some people in power, maybe there was a coup, and some people in power overtook stuff, the country. That's that's what I mean by stuff. And, <laughs> it, like, I've th I have thought about this. It's just I've thought about You're it in bits specific. and pieces. It, it, I've thought about it in bits and pieces, and now I have to put the pieces together, and I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, basically, I think there was a really bad war, and a coup came in, and wanted to control everybody so they divided the united states up into the 13 districts and washington dc is the capital just like in the book there's the capital which is in a district so our capital is washington dc so that's the capital from the book interesting 
that's an interesting theory. It's pretty much world history right there. Like you've got you've got a war. I know where would that come from? I'm like war coup, war coup, war coup. Change change of boundaries and power, and that's just yes always happens. So obviously that's what happened. Sarah, you were going to say something. Sorry. I was just going to say that I hadn't thought about it being a worldwide thing, honestly. I, I thought it was just America. It is just America. Oh, oh okay. I was so just relating colonies, to. The 13 original okay. colonies. Ooh, there you go. Back to oh, 13. Oh, interesting. I do what think What do we do with the rest of America? Did it burn off the face of Well, they, no, I think they maybe. just combined a bunch yeah. of, like, you know, regions geographical regions and that's what made the new districts it's like mandy when you say washington dc is the capital i know technically in the books the capital is where colorado is like old america in the middle yeah that's where the the capital in the hunger games is located geographically so it's not how do you know where it's located she wrote that in like one of the three, uh, like in the three oh, original trilogy, that is fascinating. <laughs> it talks about like where that area. A thing the, called Google. Yeah, and they talk about even like what districts they have huh. to move through to get to the huh. capital. So you can kind of like piece where all these districts are, and you certainly know like That's where cool. twelve is. Well, you draw. Um, I actually think District Thirteen is where Washington D.C. Like, I think those line up geographically oh. um, because well, it talks about, like, all these old, old historic buildings that are there from previous North America before Pan Am. But I just think, like, so many references are made where the capital, the new capital, even though it's not geographically Washington, D.C., it does still sound a lot like how our government is run in some ways i mean it's just almost like as the government gets more and more power that's what i see happening along the line of yeah where do we go from america to pan am like the government just kept yeah. stretching its reach right. to the point where like states rights really didn't exist anymore and maybe because we were broken up so much into 50 different states there wasn't really a great way for the states to organize against the capital so it was like now we can just put you in these districts I, I think whatever it yeah. was that that caused this to happen was fear-based mm. i do think that that's like the bottom line it was fear i think that's an interesting theory i think that we could i'm not all on board with that theory and that's okay um going back to what katie said i think that and even I think all of you said this at some point. Like, I think just practically it would make sense to split us up into 12 different districts. Like, yes, we get most of our farming from this one area of the Mm -hmm. United States. And, you know, just I could even see, like, yes, the government being, like, very sly. Like, ooh, let's just – this will be better for you. This will be better for all of us. We'll get things done more efficiently. It will cost a lot less money. It will be better for, like – less waste and everything like that like I could even see like little sly things just coming in that's my own take on it that is interesting like how it's divided by industries and yeah I almost wonder like you said the word efficient which makes me think like okay well Holly loves efficiency like that's yep 
aside from the Capitol, like, doing what they do to the districts to remind them of their rebellion, initially, like, before all of those horrific things came into place, do you think that there is some good and, like, that efficiency of doing it that way? Like, could that be a good way to set up our nation to have larger I, groupings of governed places versus 50 different I think states it would that fuel, all have to get along? I think it would fuel the same, like, um, diversity expands your mind. So mm-hmm. I think if you put all of these people kind of doing the same thing in the same area, it's going to limit your thought process as opposed to expanding it. Yeah. That would be my initial intake. Well, and actually, Holly, that might be why when it was set up, Pan Am was set up, that might be why they set it up that way because they didn't want people to have that diversity. Uh-huh. They yeah. were trying to keep people like jailed up. Okay, so moving on, this, I'm going to do a quote from the book, but I promise I am, I hate spoilers. It should in no way like spoil the book or the plot or anything like that. So, quote, what a luxury trash would be. Okay. Everyone had learned to despise waste. It was creeping back into fashion, though. Trash is a real problem in this world, in my opinion. What do you think the quote implies about the citizens and possibly how we as Americans currently live? Okay, so this is like the capital after... Okay. Yeah. So this is this is not the time for me to tell about how like they all become garbage collectors and then kill each other with trash. <laughs> like I shouldn't tell and them send that. their trash to China. Oh, no. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to do a zero waste challenge or anything like that? No. Katie's shaking her head. Yes. How'd it go? Um. We not great i i am like definitely of the mindset that we should be very cognizant with how we um you know i mean we are affecting things in this world that we live in you know um so well and even quite honestly sorry i'm gonna interrupt you you're fine even if we weren't i think um all of us are believers, and I think that the Bible does teach that we should be good stewards of the things that we have. And yep. I think that that is part of that. Yep. This is, which is and, why I can't understand why people are like global warming isn't a thing. Yeah, even if it isn't a thing, like you're still being a good steward of the things that you have. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like it's the mindset of like I should, you know, if it's just a oh well, I'll do whatever I want, and I don't really believe it has any effect. Well. I don't see why that really would, it it just seems selfish to me because it's like, you may not think it has an effect because you're not seeing like the long-term picture of, but it definitely, um, there are so many things that are affecting our planet and have been for a while and will continue to, and we can play our part in that, um, for good or for bad. So I... Like, I do my best to eliminate waste, but I have some things that are just so difficult for me for some reason. Like, it's not a, I don't want to do it, or I don't think it, I just can't seem to remember, or I get myself locked up in these, like, mind traps about it. I'm like, ooh, you know, 
packaging, like, should I buy this? You know, and I recycle everything. Like, I recycle everything that's recyclable, but I'm not, you know, I'm doing the best I can, but there's still a lot of progress that could be made toward me being just a little bit friendlier for our beautiful planet. And I think it takes, like, some uh, premeditation to be able to think about how am I going to lower my waste. So one of the things that I want you guys to be looking out for this week on social media is um, one day we're going to do an Instagram story, and whoever wants to participate can, but I want to try to do a zero-waste day. Ooh, fun. Um, And I'd like to pick the day and all do it together. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But I think it would be kind of fun to see how much trash I could maybe not use in a day. Yeah, for sure. That'd be kind of cool. I was just looking again at your question. And I think that by the quote being, what a luxury trash would be. It was like, it was almost like they were craving something normal. And maybe they didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like they were in that scarcity mentality for so long. Like... Yeah. The yeah. fact that, that yeah. they would have an excess again, like mm-hmm. something an excess that, of anything, something that they weren't going <sighs> to need, they could just throw it away. Like, man, we live in a society where, I mean, even with the challenges and the struggles, like it's very easy for us to have way more than we actually need. I've oh, found yeah. that yes. in this COVID time, like, you know, I'm not going to the store hardly ever because I really want to make it super intentional but I'm finding that like obviously I didn't really need to to begin with because we're fine like I don't know why I went to the store all the time before you know Mm -hmm. um well and I I think we can look back at history also and so even in our generation um you can see people that were coming out of the great depression like they are more careful about the things that they keep or the things that they throw away, or the things that they save. Like, they do put more of a value, I think, on not necessarily stuff, but how um, stuff either serves them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's trendy to recycle and, you know, do certain things um, to reduce our print on this world. Is that how they say it? Imprint on this mm-hmm. world? But... Anyways, it's trendy to do that, but not to the point of uncomfortable or or having to deprive yourself of something. You try, but you don't, like, really put effort in. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm willing to be like, oh, okay, I recycle, or I take my reusable bag in, but, like, what would it right, really take to make? Right, but, like, recycling stuff now... Honestly, it doesn't make that much of a difference. No. Because, like, oh. you have to clean out yeah. the packaging. And, like, you have, like, it's way more complicated than what we are taught that it is. And yes. so there are just, like, piles and piles of recyclable stuff that doesn't actually Isn't get Isn't actually getting recycled. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, there's, I'm going to link a couple zero waste, um, videos probably in the blog post. There is this sweet, sweet girl at BuzzFeed, um, that does these zero waste videos. Okay. So I will announce that, um, on Wednesday, 
this episode comes out on Monday. So if you want to play along with us, um, it gives you a couple days to kind of brainstorm how you might do a zero waste day. Um, we'll do that day on Wednesday next week. Okay? Cool. Right. Okay, well, we're moving on. It probably depends on who you ask if we're still in it. But as of June 2020, we are still in the pandemic. Um, since this pandemic, I have re-listened to all of the Hunger Games books. I love them. I think it's super enjoyable. Um, looking back through the books, what are some things themes that Suzanne Collins wrote about that you could see that we're actually currently going through in 2020. Hmm. And there's more than one. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Yeah, I haven't reread the books like you did. So I'm not really fresh on themes other than the Hunger Games. Um, <clears throat> I do sort of think about like their... Um, like lab experimentation and, you know, the ways that that kind of got out of hand, um, you know, things that were touted as ways to, like, there were just some shady things going on with that. Like, they were being used to control yeah. things, and it was not portrayed to the um, citizens of Pan Am that way. I think, I think I'm getting that right that there were some yeah, you are. like medical research things that they would do and it was just like not okay <laughs> um i uh, oppression because a theme in all of the books um and not not you know not under the table oppression <laughs> it's very clearly oppression and i know a lot of people right now with the pandemic and being, you know, the social distancing thing and everything being closed and people not being able to go to their jobs. Like, I know a lot of people are viewing that as being oppressed and feeling oppressed um, by yeah. the powers that be. A lot of people feel that way. And so I would, I think the theme of oppression could be tied to the book and us. Definitely. She also talks about like a pandemic in the books and Crazy. how that um, there are just several things wow. that come up in the book that I'm like, oh, my gosh, Suzanne Collins, mm. stop writing the Gun future control. of America. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it is like I, I've a couple times went through my mind like, man, I bet there are people that read these books and are like you know, legitimately think that America, that that's going to be us someday. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think too, what's interesting is some of, um, not only are we in a pandemic, but um, we're seeing the uh, protests in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And yes. I'm not sure I was attuned to this when I read the Hunger Games the first time, but there is this... Um, <laughs> conditioning of the people who live in the capital to yes. believe yeah. in their superiority to believe yep. yeah. in that we like we can't be around these people they have to be put in their place and it's for our protection because like do you see what I'm saying like I do feel oh, yes. like there are some correlations of of how um, like 
the white privilege in America and the systems are built to um, create and condition and the propaganda for the whole history of our country has been to keep one group of people out of power in yes so I feel very very sad like when I'm reading this like oh this is this is the worst of humanity and yet the people in the capital like and I even feel for me like there's a there's a guilt and there's a sorrow that I'm processing because it's like Mm -hmm. if the whole system teaches you something and you never see anything ever different I don't really it's you know, I'm not saying that there's, like, no blame on me, but I just, um, there's a lot I didn't know. Even though I feel like I grew up with a very good, like, I'm very grateful for the things I knew. Like, the things that I knew growing up, that there was a big difference in how blacks were treated in America. Like... I saw it. It wasn't right. I didn't know that there was anything that people could do about it. I just thought that's the way it is. And to some degree, there was more overt things that I know I was told, like, that they chose that, that they could have done something about it. No, not in that. I, I don't. I don't believe that. And we'll, we'll talk a lot more. I agree with you, Katie. We'll talk a lot more about that with the book that you have chosen. Um, and can you tell us the name of that book? I can't wait. My heart wait. just kind of like I can't raced wait. when you mentioned that because I'm so... Ugh. Okay, so it's... Um, but it's called Between the World and Me. And this book's been recommended to me for um, a couple years now Um, and it's it's crazy to me that I like knew there were things going on that I wanted to be more educated about but this it's sad like this has been the push you know Um, because I could have read this book when it was first recommended to me and I didn't between the world and me that will be um you're not next. No. You're not after me. Yeah, I mean, it'll be you in the... You're ready. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like July because we'll have... So... Yeah. But I think that's that's good we're, to put it out Yeah, there, we're going to have a lot of good discussion, I'm sure. Like, yeah. just... And that... It doesn't necessarily lead us into our last question, but it sort of does just a little bit. Again, this is not a plot spoiler or anything... But the book does start out with like a whole page of quotes from different authors or famous people. um, And Mm. this is one of them. So, quote, man is born free and everywhere he is in chains, end quote. This is the opening sentence of Rousseau's The Social Contract. Please give me just one example of how this quote might apply to you and it can be serious or it can be silly I don't care (laughs) um I actually read this earlier and I was like oh I'm gonna have to think about that um this is Sarah and I think for me um born free and everywhere he is in chains um just the expectations 
that I feel from society to um, constantly be um, productive and um, striving and just the shame that comes with that if I if I'm not constantly productive and striving and like the way that God created me, I'm not naturally that way. I'm not naturally just this go, go, go person. And I don't, I'm just not like that. And so just the shame that I've carried around with me most of my life, um, has definitely felt like chains for sure. Um, and I know that if I just rest in my identity in Christ, then I can be free. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, like identity in Christ and our freedom in Christ, my mind goes there. But, you know, like <laughs> even even that had a price. And it wasn't mine. I mean, Jesus, Jesus paid it, but I, I, I do, uh, I don't know how to say this, sacrifice to be, and, and try (laughs) to live in obedience to his word, and, and, um, which is ultimately then what makes me free in Christ, you know? So it's like, I guess obedience could be the chains. Like, we're still responsible to do right. We are still responsible to do right, but in the end, that's what makes us free. Mm -hmm. I'm way off. No, you guys are way deeper than I ever thought. (laughs) This is what I was thinking. I I really just put this question in because I'm pissed off that I have to get a permit to put a pool (laughs) on my own property. Mm. And that is what I was thinking about when I wrote this. Still angry about that. Spiritual (laughs) and biblical. And I'm just like. I have to get the stinking permit and we can't even <laughs> freaking dig in my own uh, yard that well, I purchased. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. Like, yes, we are free, but we have to follow rules. We have to abide by laws. <laughs> we, have, we have daily responsibilities. Like, yeah, mm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm free. But if I don't have any dishes to eat off of because they're all dirty because I never, ever do them <laughs> like that's going to cost me some yeah. of my freedom because now I'm going to have to go to the store and see people and buy <laughs> plates. <laughs> oh there you go. That's, that's it. Bring it up. Awesome. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Laundry is chains to me. It is chains. Oh, yes. It is right. Chains. It right. Is chains. So what are you going to do? Wear your dirty clothes or go naked? Erase away yeah. shame and go naked. Oh, crap. Well, Sarah did say shame was her chain, so she really needs to get free of that so she can be naked and, you know, Whoa. it would cure all her needs of things. Oh my God. Every what answer she's given is Sarah about, was like, it no. was in the, in the giver, because me, are you asked, yes. like, what thing would you erase from? Again. Gosh, that keeps getting brought up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love Sarah that you mentioned though, like that the striving is what, you know, we, um, often just feel like that's the way, like that's the ticket. That's, you know, our calling is, I, uh, 
this is terrible to want to read something from another book on a podcast no, that he's doing do about it, her please. book. I think it's great. I just love this. It, um, it says that God has a masterful way of doing things backwards. When the world pulls me toward popularity, power, and prestige, God says, get smaller, let go of control, surrender significance. The world pressures me to get to be the first, to get the spotlight, and be strong. But God teaches me that the way to true life is different. Be last, shine the light on him, and live painfully close to my weaknesses. And I just think that you're so Ooh. brave in talking about that and staying with it. And um, it is really hard. And I think a lot of times, you know, we we put on these masks and we've talked about that a lot through the Enneagram books that we've done. But I think it goes back to that, that we just find our true freedom and our true rest and our true peace in the, the saving work that, that Christ did for us on the cross. Like we don't have to, we don't have to do anything else. It is finished. He did the work for us. That doesn't mean we can just do whatever we want to here, right? The rules. And we also need to become a more um, Christ-like version of ourselves as we as we develop and grow. But, but I do think that that striving is, you know, against what, what got the freedom that God gives us. We don't, yeah. we don't have hmm. to do that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Katie, what book was that from? Oh, yeah, sorry. This is, um, I'm going to botch her name too, but Anjulie Pas- Pascal? Pascal? Oh, it's called is that Stay. The... Yes. I'll link, or Holly will link it in the show notes. I'll link it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just will. trying to give you more you. links for show notes because no, I, I was love the links. shocked it's full fun. of them. Yay, but it's a wonderful book. Oh, I That's love great. it. Love it. Russo's book is very old and it is actually on script and it's only about six hours long and I started listening to it interesting um it's it it, so was he like it's making me think when did you definitely making me think okay you guys so we are going to really quickly rate this book and we're going to do it a little more detailed again no spoilers we're going to rate all of these different things one to five five being awesome and one being no I did not like it so rate the pacing and we'll go in the same order we did earlier in the podcast so Katie Mandy Sarah Holly so pacing one to five Katie five five was awesome and one was uh, okay just yeah (laughs) had to confirm uh pacing I am going to go with a four the pacing was close to perfect. There were a few spots where I was like, I don't really understand what this is doing for the book. It's not really building anything in. It, but all in all, I feel like everything developed and didn't yeah. linger too long on anything. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, pacing, I give a 3.5. Sarah? Uh, I'm going to say pacing like a three. I struggled the last couple hours. I'm going to say pacing, and I've listened to it twice. I'm going to say pacing 3.5 as well. Okay. Okay. Mood slash style of the book. I'm going to go with, uh, goodness, you and your 3.5. That's like right in the middle. No, two point. I'm going to go 2.5 because that's right in the middle. (laughs) Okay. I didn't love it or hate it in that category. 
3.5 for me again. And I, I just, um, I tend to like really positive, like bright things. Um, this book isn't, isn't bright, but it's a Hunger Games book. That's yeah. nice. Like it shouldn't be, like it shouldn't be bright, but yeah. Okay. Oh, mm. mood style. Mm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say three again, I think. It was, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to say four. I really enjoyed it. I think there are a lot of undertones to this book, especially listening to it a second time through and hearing all of the um, different connections. Okay, cool. character development. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm going to go with like, man, I'm going to go with like 4.5. Cause Whoa, baby. I, it's not my favorite style of character development. Yeah. Because it is such a black and white character development. But I think the person that it was <laughs> developing the most, like the main character, they did, it was just fascinating to me. Yeah. To, to see it play out. We'll talk more about that next week, yeah, too. Yeah, obviously. Cool. All right. Um, character development three. Uh, mm, okay. This is Sarah. Uh, character development, I, I think a four. I think um, there were some characters that I enjoyed their development more than certain specific ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am going to say um, three because... The ones that she really developed I thought were great. And then there were so many characters in this book. There were over 50 characters in this book. There were a lot. Like pretty much main characters. So crazy. I had to make a spreadsheet of them. Okay. Plot slash story. What'd you think? Uh, I'm going to go 3.5. Maybe 4. Maybe 4. Okay. This was one of my favorite out of the now 4 in the series. Okay. We're going to rate that, too, in a mm, second. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am um, five. I really like the story. <laughs> and, I, and I'm, like, I'm like on the edge of my seat listening to it. I love it. Cool. I, uh, yes, I think I'm going to say a four. Like I said, at the end, I, sh- I really struggled. Um, but for the most part, a four. Okay, cool. I'm going to say uh, 4.5. So it was at least good enough for me to listen to it twice. Yeah. Um, and now let's do our thumbs up, thumbs down. Ready? Three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> we all have thumbs up. Um, and then the last thing I want to do as far as like rating, I want you guys to put the books in order of what you like. So we're talking The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and then we have The Mockingjay. So put those in order. Okay, I'm going to say number one would be The Hunger Games. It has a special place in my heart. It was the first book we ever got together to do as a book club. Yep. Um, and hey, it was like, new and exciting and exactly a whole new twisty weird thing that we had never before seen or heard of it was great and then I'm gonna go with the ballad of songbirds and snakes which wow I hate that title because it has a lot of s's and I have a lisp <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going with that one That'd next 
and then Catching Fire, and then Mockingjay last because I did not like Mockingjay. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Welcome. Awesome. Okay. So, okay. The order that I would put the books, um, I would put this new one as number one, The Battle of the Songbirds and Snakes. What? And then wow. it has snakes well, in it. Well, I'm not going to be able to watch the movie. I can already tell you in that. In the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, oh. that might have been too much spoiler. My second one is um, the original Hunger Games. My third is Catching Fire. And fourth is Mocking Jay, which I really did not enjoy at all. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. Okay, just to clarify, Mockingjay is the last one in the series, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Mockingjay. So, I, this is Sarah, and I think that I will have to say uh, The Hunger Games was definitely my favorite. Um, I think maybe then Catching Fire. And then the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And then the Mockingjay. Wow. I think that's my order. I think we are all in agreement. Um, okay, so this is Holly. And my favorite was no one else's favorite. I think it's my favorite. And that is Catching Fire. And that is because it took me at least two or three times of listening to the book to actually understand what was going on. There was so much in there and I loved it. Okay. Um, and then I think my second one was um, The Hunger Games, the original. And then my third was um, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And like everyone else, The Mockingjay was my least favorite. That was a rough book. Yeah. So, anyway. I hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, spoiler-free episode of The Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, Please be the best and subscribe to our show on the platform of your choice. You could even write us a review. And in this case, this week, Sarah, please read us the review that you have. Yes. So excited to read this. Um, This is from Deborah Tyre. And she said, real, raw, and entertaining. She gave us five stars. She said, a window into a small group of diverse ladies and their near lifetime-long friendship, talking about their over-a-decade-long book club, discussing books and the life they've done together and separately. Love the authenticity, dynamic, and energy of the episodes and conversation. A must-listen. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah, thank you so much, Deborah. Um, so please write us a review. Um, follow us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com forward slash the BBCE. Promise you will only see positive things from us. Investigate our Instagram um, and maybe join in on our No Waste Challenge on Wednesday with us. We are um, the BBCE on Instagram. And wander into our lovely little world at thebestbookclubever.com where you can find more information about all the fun things we discussed on this show along with different links. So 
don't forget to be the best you you can be because after all, there's only one of you. The end. <laughs> now it's time for some bloopers. Well, Sarah is still talking about which district she wants. Okay. Um, I'm Holly... moving it along. Hello, I'm the hostess. We know how Holly hosts. Like, I do not ask, does anyone have any more comments? Bastille and fought to the Declaration of the Rights of Men. Land Red is the color. Oh no, I knew she was like, gonna their heads were chopped off by face. the guillotine. I know, it was oh, great. Oh, you should have seen me teach that to my little four and five year olds. Can I pee and pray mm -hmm. on Mandy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I pee and pray all the time. Poop and pray. <laughs> she can't hear me. It's actually some of my best prayer time. <laughs> Dropping the kids off at school, but send them at prayers. <laughs> Lord, let this pass from me. <laughs> let this. Gray <laughs> uh, says, "Come on, baby." <laughs> when the poop won't come. <laughs> I think our my favorite parts of podcasts are when we're just Holly's in the bathroom and we just say whatever we want to. <laughs> yeah.